It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson Razor. Henson Razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com slash holiday. This is Edmund Gwen with a welcome to Stars Over Hollywood, presented by Carnation Evaporated Milk. And here is your host for Carnation, Hart Bellinger. Welcome to Hollywood, home and workshop of the world's most glamorous people. We're happy to say that each week, Stars Over Hollywood is brought to you by Carnation, the world's favorite brand of evaporated milk. And today, we present transcribed, A Christmas Carol, starring Edmund Gwen. Ladies, when you buy milk, remember that no other kind of milk has as many uses as Carnation. Carnation for cooking. Carnation for coffee. Carnation for baby feeding. Good, 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 for milk that's extra good, you should get the brand that's called Carnation. Rich, 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 for milk that's creamy rich, you should get the brand that's called Carnation. Yes, it's Carnation, bringing you stars over Hollywood. And speaking of stars, here is the distinguished actor of the stage and screen, Academy Award winner Edmund Gwen. Mr. Gwen, it is indeed a pleasure and a privilege to present you to our radio audience. Oh, thank you, Art. And I consider it my privilege to be able to further the spirit of Christmas through the work of one of my favorite authors, Charles Dickens. You know, Mr. Gwen, this is going to be quite a switch for you. Mm -hmm. In your portrayal of Santa Claus in the motion picture Miracle of 34th Street, Mm -hmm. you symbolized everything that Christmas means. Whereas today, you're... Today, Art, I shall be quite the opposite, I hope, as the dispirit and embittered Scrooge. And that's a performance to which we've certainly been looking forward. Your characterization of Scrooge is no less famous than that of your Santa Claus. And friends, while you're getting the family together for today's presentation of Dickens' Christmas Carol, there's this I'd like to say about the product that brings it to you. Carnation evaporated milk. No other milk has as many uses as Carnation. You can use it for most cream purposes. You can use it for all milk purposes. And either way, you'll find Carnation a blessing in your kitchen. For Carnation is milk that's more than double rich concentrated by having water removed. Undiluted, Carnation has the consistency of good, rich cream and is heavy enough to whip. Mixed with an equal amount of water, Carnation is good, rich milk, richer than your state standard for bottled milk. And the cost is in your favor, too. Carnation costs less than half as much as cream and a lot less than bottled milk. So why not follow this economical way to richer, more delicious foods? Keep well stocked with Carnation, the milk from contented cows.
And now, Act One of A Christmas Carol, starring Edmund Gwen in the dual role of Charles Dickens and Ebenezer Scrooge. Curtain going up. The scene is old London town on a bleak, cold December evening in the year 1843. Seated behind a table in a drab, cheerless, unheated room is a worried-looking man. He frowns as he scribbles laboriously with a scratchy pen, carefully putting words down on the paper spread before him. A Christmas Carol in prose, being a ghost story of Christmas. Mr. Dickens? Mr. Dickens? thing to do is simply not answer it. Perhaps it'll go away. It's no good pretending you're not there. I saw you come in. Oh, dear. I suppose I may as well mm. face it. Mr. Higgins. <clears throat> so you finally decided to answer me. Good evening, Mrs. Bumbletwist. Won't you come in? It's no good turning your charm with words on me, Mr. Dickens. I've come for me rent, and I means to have me rent, and I'm not leaving this room till I has. I intend I'm to terribly get... sorry, Mrs. Bumbletwist, but I promise you'll have your rent first thing tomorrow. You've said that before. This time, there's no doubt of it. You see, tonight, I'm going to write a story that I hope will turn out to be... Oh, my very best story. It seems to me that it ought to begin... Let's see. Yeah. Marley was dead. There's no doubt ever about that. Old Marley was dead as a doornail, and Scrooge knew it. How could it be otherwise? Marley and Scrooge have been partners for... Oh, I don't know how many years. Scrooge. A squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner. And once upon a time, of all the good days in the year, old Scrooge sat busy in his counting house. He was counting his money and keeping one eye on his clerk, Bob Cratchit, when the door opened and Scrooge's nephew, Fred, came in. A Merry Christmas, Uncle. God save you. Oh, humbug. Uncle. Nephew. You keep Christmas in your own way and let me keep it in mine. But you don't keep it. Let me leave it alone, then. Much good it has ever done you. Well, there are many things, Uncle, from which I might have derived good, by which I haven't profited, I dare say. And Christmas is one of them. And therefore, Uncle, though it has never put a scrap of gold or silver in my pocket, I believe that it has done me good and will do me good. And I say, God bless it. Hmm? Who's that? That you, Cratchit? Uh, yes, sir. Excuse me, sir. Another sound from you, and you'll keep Christmas by losing your situation. Oh, now, don't be angry, Uncle. Join us for dinner tomorrow. Why? Because it's Christmas, and we'd like you to spend it with us. Christmas. Oh, Humbug. <laughs> Scrooge dismissed his nephew curtly and refused the invitation. The door had no sooner closed than Scrooge turned his attention to his clerk, Cratchit. And as the closing hour arrived, he called him into his office. Hmm. Uh, you, you'll want all day off tomorrow, I suppose. If, it, if it's quite convenient, sir. It's not convenient. 
and it's not fair. Poor excuse for picking a man's pocket every 25th of December. Mm. Oh, well, I suppose you must have the whole day. Be here all the earlier the next morning, though. Scrooge closed the office and walked to his chambers. Went in. Then he lit a candle and looked everywhere. Sitting room, bedroom, under the table, the sofa and the closet. There, quite satisfied, he closed his door, locked himself in, put on his dressing gown and slippers and sat down before the fire. Suddenly he heard a clanking noise. Deep down below, as if some person were dragging a heavy chain behind him. But the chains came closer, and squinting into the dimly lit shadows, Scrooge beheld an apparition he, he immediately recognized. Ebenezer! Ebenezer Scrooge! Marley. Jacob Marley's ghost. What do you want with me? Much. Who? Who are you? Ask me who I was. Huh? Who were you then? In life, I was your partner. Huh? Jacob Marley. I don't believe it. It's humbug. Humbug, I tell you. Ah! Oh, mercy. Mercy, dreadful apparition. Do you believe in me? I, I do. I do. I... I... I must. But why? Why do spirits walk the earth? And why do you come to me? It is a required of every man that the spirit within him should walk abroad among his fellow men and travel far and wide. Uh -huh. And if that spirit goes not forth in life, it is condemned to do so after death. It is doomed to wander through the world and witness what it cannot share, but might have shared on earth, and turn to happiness. Oh! Jacob. Oh, good Jacob, speak. Comfort to me, Jacob. I am here tonight to warn you that you have yet a chance and hope of escaping my fate. Oh, you were always a good friend to me. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you. You will be haunted by three spirits. I'd rather not, if you don't mind. Without their visits, you cannot hope to shun the path I tread. Huh? Expect the first tomorrow when the bell tolls one. One? The second on the next night at the same hour. Oh. The third upon the next night when the last stroke of twelve has ceased to vibrate. Oh. Farewell, Ebenezer. With these words, the apparitions walked backward and faded through the door. Scrooge examined it. It was still firmly locked. He tried to say, but the word caught in his throat. So, without undressing, he went straight to bed and fell fast asleep. And 
And so the curtain falls on the first act of today's radio presentation of Dickens' Christmas Carol, starring Academy Award winner Edmund Gwynn. Before we return to the second act, here is Carnation's Home Service Director, Mary Blake, with a wonderful suggestion for making the most of leftover turkey. Yes, Art, I have an excellent recipe here for turkey hash and cream that I want to pass on to the ladies. I'd like to suggest that everyone interested get a pencil and paper now, because I just have time to give the recipe once. Hmm, turkey hash and cream, you say. Sounds mighty tasty. Yes, and it's very easy to make, Art. It can be prepared just before serving or browned ahead of time and placed in the oven. Well, I think everyone's ready with pencil and paper now, Mary, so let's have this wonderful recipe for turkey hash and cream. All right, here we go. Melt one-third cup of butter in a skillet. Add two cups diced boiled potatoes. Then two cups cooked diced turkey. Season to taste. And then add one cup undiluted carnation evaporated milk. Cook until all ingredients are thoroughly warm. The potatoes and turkey will get crusty and brown. Stir occasionally, of course. Garnish with chopped parsley and supper's ready. Well, now, that sounded simple enough and delicious, too. Did you get that, everybody? Turkey hash in cream for four people. And the wonderful part is that by using carnation, you save the added cost of expensive cream. Carnation, you know, costs less than half as much as cream. And rich? Say, carnation is more than double rich. It's the milk that whips. Mary, come back again with more dishes like that splendid turkey hash and cream. Will you do that? Next week, Art. Bye. Bye, Mary. We return now to the second act of A Christmas Carol, starring Edmund Gwen in the dual role of Charles Dickens and Ebenezer Scrooge. When Scrooge awoke, he was aware of a clock in the neighboring church striking the quarter. So he listened for the hour. Finally, it struck. One o'clock. Oh, but that's impossible, Scrooge thought. It had been after two when he went to bed. Could he have slept clear round the clock? Well, as he was speculating on this turn of events, there was a sudden burst of light. The curtains of his bed were drawn aside, and there stood a strange figure like a child. Its hair was long and white with age, yet its skin hadn't, hadn't a wrinkle in it. And somehow, Scrooge knew that this was the first of the spirits of whom Marley had spoken. Are you, are you the spirit, sir, whose coming was foretold to me? I am. Well, who are you? I am the ghost of Christmas past. Hmm? Your past. Oh. Rise and walk with me. As the words were spoken, Scrooge and the spirit passed through the window and stood upon an open country road. All had vanished, and with it the darkness, for it was now a cold, clear winter day. Is this place familiar to you, Ebenezer? Well, I was reared in this place. I was born here. Strange to have forgotten it for so many years. Mm -hmm. Let us go on. 
walked along the road of Scrooge's childhood, recalling every gate and post, tree and incident. Tarry not here, Ebenezer. There is much to see and the time grows short. Let us pay a visit now to old Fezziwig. Fezziwig? Well, I was apprenticed there. Hello there, Ebenezer, dear boy. And Dick, no more work tonight. It's Christmas Eve. Now clear away, me lads. Let's have a lot of room here. We're going to have a party for everyone. <laughs> Fezziwig was a good man, a fine man. He made us all happy that day. A small matter. Hmm? How can you say that? He was a kind, wonderful employer. A generous... Em what is it, Ebenezer? What's uh, the matter? Nothing. No, I, I, I would just like to be able to, to say a word or two to my clerk just now. At all. That's enough, I think. Come... Our time is up. Oh. I must conduct you home. The next moment, Scrooge found himself back in his bed. And to his complete surprise, the clock was again striking. There was another flash of brilliant light. And the whole room underwent a transformation. The walls and ceiling were suddenly hung with living green. Heaped up on the floor, to form a kind of throne, were turkeys, geese, game, poultry, great joints of meat, suckling pigs, long wreaths of sausages, mince pies, plum puddings, barrels of oysters, red-hot chestnuts, cherry-cheeked apples, juicy oranges, immense cakes, and... Oh... Seething bowls of punch that made the chamber dim with their delicious steam. Mm. In easy state upon this throne there sat a jolly giant roaring with laughter like old St. Nicholas himself. <laughs> Come in, Ebenezer, and know me better, man. I am the ghost of Christmas present. Look upon me. <laughs> You'd never have seen the like of me before, have you? No. No, never. But if you have anything to teach me, you let me profit by it. Good. Touch me, robe. There now. Away we go. Scrooge did as he was told and held fast. Soon he and the second spirit stood outside the humble home of Scrooge's clerk, Bob Cratchit. The family was gathered round the table. And although there was very little to eat, everyone was smiling and laughing. Oh, 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 and seemed to be having a wonderful time. There now. Is everyone here? Yes. Are you comfortable, Tiny Tim? Oh, yes, Father. Thank you. As comfortable as can be, I suppose. But come, this is a joyous occasion. Let us all raise our glasses and drink a toast. A Merry Christmas to us all. And God bless us, everyone. Spirit, 
Alfred, tell me. Tell me if the little crippled boy, Tiny Tim, will live. I see a vacant seat in the poor chimney corner and a crutch without an owner carefully preserved. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, the child shall die. No, no kind spirit say he will be spared. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, the child will die. Oh, oh what can I do? How can I alter the future? It is in your power oh. more than you may think. The clock sounds the hour of twelve. It is time for your next and final journey. The pleasant ghost of Christmas present vanished on a moonbeam, and in its place stood a horrible phantom, draped and hooded. the spirit of Christmas yet to come. But although Scrooge spoke to the phantom, the spirit answered not. No. His replies were only eerie sounds in the night. And he pointed into the blackness with a bony finger. You are about to show me shadows of the things that have not happened what will happen in the time before us? I, I fear you more than any specter I have seen. The night is waning fast, and, and it is precious time to me, I know. Lead on! followed the directions of the phantom's pointing finger, and the strange scene unfolded before his eyes. He found himself in a graveyard, walled in by houses, overrun by grass and weeds, the growth of vegetation's death, not life, choked up with too much burying. The spirit pointed to a stone and to the name etched upon it. And Scrooge walked forward and read the inscription. E, B, E, N, Eben. No, 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 spirit. Hear me. Hear me. I'm not the man I was. I will not be the man I would have been, but for what I have learned, one chance, spirit, one chance, I beg of you, that I may henceforth honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all here. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. I will not shut out the lessons that they teach. Oh, one chance. Dear spirit, I beg of you, one chance. Scrooge put out his hand toward the draped and hooded figure and felt the bedpost in his room. He was in his bed. The sun was shining. It was morning. He dashed out of bed and ran to the window, throwing it open, and called to a boy in the street. Hi, you. You there? Me, sir? 
Yes, you. Hi, what day's today? Today, sir? Yeah. Why, it's Christmas Day, sir. Oh. Merry Christmas. Oh. <laughs> Then Scrooge realized that the spirits had all come on the same night. Perhaps he'd dreamed them. Ah, but he didn't care to take a chance, no. No, this was Christmas Day, and there was time to keep his promise. He would honor Christmas in his heart and try to keep it all the year. He dressed in all haste, started on his way. He sang with the carolers, wished everybody Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, gave coins to the poor, bought food for the hungry. He sent a turkey to Bob Cratchit's, which was larger than Tiny Tim himself. Yeah, he bought out stores of everything good to eat and presented himself at his nephew's house to celebrate a Christmas dinner. And Scrooge's good deeds did not stop at the end of Christmas Day. No, no, he gave Bob Cratchit a raise in salary and took the welfare of Tiny Tim into his own hands. Through his efforts, the little crippled boy did not die. No, no, he lived to be as well as you and I. He, Scrooge, became as good a friend, as good an employer as had ever been seen in any city or town in this good old world. Some people laughed to see the alteration in him. But he little heeded then, for he was wise enough to know that nothing ever happened on this globe for good, at which some people didn't have their full of laughter. <laughs> now, it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well, if any man alive possessed that knowledge. May that be truly said of all of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed... God bless us, everyone... And a Merry Christmas to you all. And so the curtain comes down on the final act of Dickens' A Christmas Carol. This week's Stars Over Hollywood show, presented by Carnation Evaporated Milk and starring Edmund Gwen. In just a moment, we'll have news about next week's show. Meantime, how about a curtain call, Mr. Gwen? Oh, thank you, Art. You know, I've played the part of Scrooge many times, but never played in more pleasant Dickensian company than today's. Well, we're very happy to hear that, Mr. Gwen. And for our part, let me say that you've added another triumphant performance to your already long list of successes. How many motion pictures have you appeared in, incidentally? Oh, about 50 in all, Art. Over 20 in Europe and... About 30 in America. Not to mention the tremendous number of stage plays to your credit, too. Hmm. Mr. Gwen, I have no doubt the warming influence of Tiny Tim has taken all the chill out of Scrooge's nature. But just in case, let me offer you this cup of hot coffee, which I believe you'll enjoy all the more for the fact that it's creamed with carnation. Oh. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I mention carnation, Mr. Gwen, because it's such an important factor in making good coffee taste better than ever. Yes. And I might add that it's very good in tea. Right you are, Mr. Gwen. Right. And folks, it's all because carnation milk is more than double rich. It has the consistency of cream. And like cream, carnation is heavy enough to whip. Yet carnation costs less than half as much as cream. That's why millions of coffee lovers, yes, and tea lovers, actually like carnation better than cream. So why not take a tip? Cream your coffee with carnation, too. Yes. 
And now, Mr. Gwen, to show our great appreciation for your excellent performance today, we have this beautiful bouquet for your home. Oh. Red and white carnations, just like those pictured on every can of carnation evaporated milk. Oh, that's more than nice of you. Thank you so much. And may I ask what's in store for stars over Hollywood listeners next week? We think we have a most unusual show, Mr. Gwen. Mm-hmm. Harry Von Zell will appear as both the star and the author of a play called The Suckers. Harry? You mean he wrote the story in which he stars? That's right, Mr. Gwen. Oh, I shall certainly want to hear next week's show. But now, it's goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Edmund Gwen, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Our broadcast of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol was adapted by Ralph Rose. Supporting Mr. Gwen were Betty Harford, Ben Wright, Alec Harford, Eric Snowden, Jay Novello, Raymond Lawrence, Charlie Lung, Tudor Owen, and Diane Abbott. Special music was composed and conducted by Rex Corey. The program was transcribed and directed by Hans Conried. Ladies, when you shop for groceries today, be sure to have Carnation, the world's favorite brand of evaporated milk, on your shopping list. No other kind of milk has as many uses as Carnation. Carnation for cooking. Carnation for coffee. Carnation for baby feeding. Good, good, good. For milk that's extra good, you should get the brand that's called Carnation. Rich, rich, rich. For milk that's creamy rich, you should get the brand that's called Carnation. And now for the Carnation Company and stars over Hollywood, this is Art Ballinger suggesting that you be sure to listen next Saturday for The Suckers, starring Harry Von Zell. Sunday evening, listen to the Carnation Contented Hour, starring Tony Martin with Joe Stafford over this same network. Stay tuned now for Grand Central Station, which follows immediately over most of these stations. Stars over Hollywood comes to you from our Hollywood studios and is heard in Canada over the Dominion Network of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. The sizzle of McDonald's sausage. It's enough to make you crave your favorite breakfast. Enough to head over to McDonald's. Enough to make you really wish this commercial were scratch and sniff. And if you're a sausage person, now get two satisfyingly savory sausage McGriddles, sausage biscuits, or sausage burritos for just $3.33. Or mix and match. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.